Welcome, everyone. Thank you for stopping in and, I guess, listening to us talk about wrestling. Uh, it's something that we've done often on PPR, whether it's been about wrestling games or actual professional wrestling. Uh, just, you know, we've all been, I don't know about Sayer so much, but George and I have been big-time wrestling fans. Uh, I've been a fan since I was probably about six years old. Uh, George, I think, kind of got into it maybe late 90s, early 2000s, but I could be wrong. I'm not really speaking for him. Uh, but we've tossed around the idea of doing a wrestling-related podcast for the network and for our website for quite some time. This is kind of the test show. Hopefully it kind of becomes more of a series uh, going forward. But I also feel bad that we're doing a recording the first time about wrestling when you can't go to any shows and no one's wrestling anymore because they've all been told they have to not be around each other. Uh, at the time of this recording, we are going through a different kind of society, different kind of world, at least hopefully just temporarily. And uh, all wrestling shows and all live events have been shut down. So being who they are and being who Vince McMahon is, they decide instead of staying home, they were still going to have WrestleMania anyways, even though they were no longer having it in Tampa, they were no longer having it in a stadium. Uh, Vince basically just said, I'm still going to do it. I don't care what anyone tells me. And they did. And I had seriously no expectations other than negative for this show. And I personally think that I may have been proven wrong, at least partially. But that's enough about our introduction. Um, I want to welcome everyone to House Show. And for my co-host for the evening, I hope for maybe future episodes, uh, my good friend Bull has joined us. Uh, Bull, thank you for stopping on and talking about WrestleMania tonight. Well, thanks for having me. It is a it is a really weird time in wrestling right now and in the world. Um, as I'm staring at our WrestleMania tickets that um, went unused. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, we didn't really know what to expect from this show. Um, just kind of knew uh, it was going to be different. But I think all, all things considered, you know, it was it was a really fun two nights. Um, you know, we'll get into all that. But yeah, um, all things considered, I think it was a really good show. Yeah, and they didn't really have much to work with, but I think they pulled off something that I, I didn't actually think would be possible given the circumstances. And, and full disclosure, uh, we, Bull and I, were planning on going to WrestleMania. Uh, we had a whole week's worth of wrestling planned, and that was kind of where I was going to debut and kind of get a introductory podcast of, of wrestling on the show uh, while we were at WrestleMania, while we were at you know a lot of these live shows. Like I kind of wanted to do it on the spot recording talking about all the shows that we were seeing so unfortunately that didn't come to fruition with everything happening but i'm still excited to talk about it and and hopefully this will be something going forward um but yeah we'll, we'll jump right in so wrestlemania weekend uh so big it needed two nights and that's no exaggeration they had 18 matches uh saturday and sunday and I've not really watched Raw or SmackDown these last few weeks. Like, I don't follow uh, the weekly programming much anymore. But I had saw that they were starting to record at the Performance Center uh, to no crowd. <laughs> it was it was just the wrestlers, the ref, and, like, the camera guy and the the, uh, the uh, ring announcers. And that it's was it. It's very awkward. It's, um, it's definitely awkward when you, you, know, you watch the replays and you can hear the announcers yelling in the, in the arena because there's nobody else there. And, so, um, so I, I really pick up on that. Usually I have to watch it muted because my kids yeah. are running around all the time. So you can actually hear things going on in the performance center yeah, while they, they're wrestling. When they replay like a, like a move or something, you could hear Michael Cole like yelling like, <laughs> as he's calling the show. Like you can hear himself because it's just so empty. Like but, the um, ab- the absence of a crowd just makes it to where they're just like yelling into a, a tunnel basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just echoey, but. I mean, it is what it is. They gotta, they gotta keep the product going. Um, you know, luckily they have this performance center. I don't know what they would do back in the day if we're in this situation. You know, they didn't have this nice multi-million-dollar performance center mm-hmm. to record. I mean, it's literally, you know, basically a wrestling school. Yeah, um, it has you know everything set up. It's if you're down here in Orlando. Um, I mean, it's a huge facility, so they're lucky that they have this big facility now because. If this would have happened back in the day when they just had this little 
well, that just little like, uh like up in stanford somewhere where like <laughs> at the actual like corporate building they did like in one of their like boardrooms or one of their or like, banquet halls or something yeah or like the little uh florida championship wrestling hall have you seen that uh on the network uh no i've seen clips of like them talking about the programming they had with florida championship wrestling um is that what it was called before it became yeah nxt florida Champ- yeah florida championship wrestling but the facility was just complete garbage <laughs> didn't have didn't have ac it was like small it was just dirty yeah and like that's all they talk about like this thing how crappy it was like literally every wrestling show you go to if it's not like in a, an arena if you go to like an indie show it's always going to be in some like kind of crappy place that's basically what it was but uh um, yeah but you know that's uh it's cool that they had this performance center now and they were able to pull off mm-hmm. something that uh you know no one really expected i guess yeah, and I like that you mentioned the uh, kind of precursors to the PC Center, or I don't know, I can't really call it PC Center because it's Performance Center. It's just the PC, I guess. Either way. Yeah, um, I like that you mentioned like Florida Championship Wrestling and the stuff that were kind of like prior to all that, um, because I think even before that, it was Ohio Valley Wrestling. OVW yep. was like yeah. their territory, their developmental um, and that was the same thing. Like they had like a, a, a rinky dink school, you know, in some like warehouse probably, uh, that doubled as the uh, place where they had live events and things like that. So you're right. I mean, PC is definitely something that they've not had until recently. And, and you're kind of fairly close to that location. Have you been before? No, I've been wanting to go, but I never really go down by Orlando. It's just a lot of traffic, a lot going on. Um, I, I don't really go that way. I don't yeah. even know if they do tours or anything like that. I, I'm sure I could just find the place and say, hey, look, there it is. But uh, no, I want to go in there. <laughs> now, now, is it on the full sale campus? Like, is it like on that property or is it its own thing now? I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to look that up. Um, I think yeah. it is, but actually, no, maybe it's not. I think it might be a uh, might be its own else. thing now. Yeah, because I would almost think that they would probably like, just funnel in all the students at full sale as the audience if they needed to, just to like fill the crowds for shows. I mean, obviously they don't have to worry about that now, but um, you know, it's like they have like a guaranteed crowd for every show they do. Just you know, tell college kids to come and they can watch a free show. Well, it's it's a uh, it's a lot bigger than it was, you know, since they started televising on USA. You know, they've yeah. had they would have these little regional shows. We had a couple mm-hmm. here in, in Bartow, where I'm from. Um, at the, like the the airport here, and you know they're really tiny shows, like like kind of old school. But they've kind of been moving away from those. It seems like since they've been recording on USA Network. So um, yeah, I think they've been going to bigger bigger areas and stuff. Um, and I think that's why they're moving people around, which is something we'll probably talk about here in a minute. But the... yes, yes, with maybe the shakeups happening after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so so Saturday. You know, it, I think it started around 6 p.m. Eastern, went for about four hours, and then night two was kind of the same thing. So all in all, about eight hours worth with the pre-shows and everything, which is kind of what you would get on one day of WrestleMania normally because they, like, start the shit at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon or something ridiculous oh, like yeah. that. The so, kickoff. Yeah, yeah the, the kickoff. And, yeah, and then you have, like, the whole show. And it's like, I can remember us watching WrestleManias and not being done till yeah, pretty much near midnight yeah most of the time uh so it didn't seem like it was as big or as long as it has been i mean about the same as it's been in the past but it was nice that they broke it up you didn't feel overwhelmed you didn't feel like oh my god is this thing still going on or like i can't stand watching another match like i'm glad they broke it up and that might be something they do in the future yeah Uh, and yeah they might um mm -hmm. it is good that they broke everything up because it would have been i mean just an eight hour straight show you know it's different when it's Wrestle, actual WrestleMania, not that this wasn't, but you know what I mean. Just it's WrestleMania day. You're re- you're prepared to watch eight hours of wrestling. But then, <laughs> but, but then, n- not only that, but then you watch the NXT show or the Hall of Fame the night before. Like you've been doing this for how many days leading up into WrestleMania? So not having all that stuff happening on top of it, uh, you know, it wasn't as bad as it seemed. So it was almost like having less was more. It almost felt like like it felt like the stuff that you watched actually really mattered. True. As opposed to being so like worn out of like watching and hearing about wrestling for three days straight, right? Um, so that was kind of nice. So, what, so what? Uh, so what do you think? Do you think that even say we didn't have tickets to WrestleMania, do you yeah. think that they should have just postponed it and mm. said, you know what, let's let's do it right? You know, maybe a few months down the road instead of you know what they did, or do you think they're 
they're a right to you know keep the schedule, keep it at the same time WrestleMania. It's it's weird because yeah, because I was kind of like bothered by that. Like, why would they still want to have a show even though? Like, I almost felt like it was so defiant of them to be like, we're doing a show anyways. Even though it got canceled, we're still going to do it anyways because that's what we do and we don't want to listen to anyone. So I felt like it was kind of like a slap in the face of be like, well, we're going to do it anyways. Whereas, yeah, they could have postponed it until the summer or, you know, pushed it back. But I just think that they had all these gears in motion already that they didn't want to stop. And they're like, well, we got to do something. Um Personally, I would have wished they they had postponed it because then I could have been like, well, I'll just keep tickets and I'll keep everything booked and we'll just wait and see when it gets announced again, which there are a few shows I'm still doing that with some of the uh, smaller indie shows. But obviously for this, this was straight up canceled. But at the same time, on the same, you know, on the same side of things, I'm glad they did because it gave people something to watch, something to do, something to talk about. So it is kind of like it's a double-edged sword. Like, I wish they would have postponed it so I could see it and be there in person. But I am glad they did it because it was something to do and kind of get your mind off things. So really, there's no right or wrong. It's just it's not ideally what I thought they would do, but I'm kind of glad they did it on the same coin. Yeah, I think that was kind of the point behind doing it, just to Mm -hmm. um, get people's mind off this, everything in the news, just give them something to... Something to watch, because, I mean, a lot of people look forward to WrestleMania, whether you're going or not. If you're a wrestling fan, you're looking forward to WrestleMania. Yeah, absolutely. For it to just be completely canceled or postponed, that would have really put a damper on things. And, uh, you know, that people are already bummed out because of everything going on. Uh, yeah. I think they did a good job. I, I, I do, yeah. I, I think that they did a lot with just a very little bit. And there were some matches that they threw together that felt very well these people showed up, so I guess we'll put them in a match. Because obviously, with everything going on, uh, it seemed like a lot of the wrestlers either had the ability to say they weren't going to show up without kind of being reprimanded, or there were some that straight up didn't come because of health concerns, because they were, you know, they had uh, health issues and they they weren't going to be in the area at all. Um, right. Most notably, Roman Reigns, which of course makes sense, and and obviously, like if he's been battling leukemia. Like, they're not going to have him wrestle with everything going on right now. So, obviously, smart move on his part. And if anyone gets pissed or upset about it, then I think that you probably shouldn't be listening to us because it's, yeah. Well, I don't a, I, a, I, I don't want to yeah. go into that. But, yeah, you're... No, I don't either. But, you can't I mean, fault a guy. Ton, there's always people upset about that. You know, they don't really understand, you know, how leukemia works and how mm-hmm. it affects your immune system. And they just think it's all fake and whatnot. Sure. But, you know, it's it's definitely the right call if you're... If you're concerned in any way about what's going on right now, you shouldn't put yourself at risk. Absolutely. And that's the same with traveling. Like, before all this happened, I was still contemplating about, like, am I going to go to this even? Like, like we didn't know for sure if they were going to cancel or not. So, like, if they don't cancel, what am I going to do? Am I actually going to go down there and risk it? Or, like, you know, it was such an uncertainty. But, right. obviously, they did the right thing. They made the right call by canceling things. And... Yeah, so. um. So a lot of the matches kind of got thrown together or matches that were planned got changed last minute. Uh, The triple threat, the triple threat tag team ladder match became a triple threat ladder match with just one wrestler per team. Um, So yeah, John Morrison in the Miz against the Usos against Kofi and Biggie became John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi. Um, That was the first one I thought was like, Oh, the night was a pretty good match, and I didn't really know much leading into. I didn't know the the rivalries. I didn't know that really. I didn't even know Morrison and Miz were tag champs at the time. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, I didn't pay much attention to the tag team scene. I don't think they're really doing much to make that worth watching, in my opinion. They're really not. Um, you know, I think the tag team division is um, is really struggling. It has for years and years. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're they're trying to kind of bring it back, but they keep throwing these tag teams together and mm. a lot of them break apart. But, um, you know, these three teams are, you know, longstanding with, uh, except for the Miz and Morrison, but that was, you know, they tag teamed years, years ago. and years ago. And then they years brought them years. back. Yeah. yeah. And Morrison hasn't been back for very long, but, um, mm. yeah, they threw them back together, which I think is good because they're a good team. It, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's good because with someone like Morrison, you know, obviously he's had a history of being able to do a lot of things, um, acrobatically and, and doing things like from a 
uh, he does like the parkour and stuff like that but he, he's always been known as someone that can do like moves that you can't even imagine like he's very very skilled um and, and a good wrestler and he's he, i would say he's okay on the mic uh but obviously someone like the miz who really all he has for himself going i think is his mic work uh that's a good compa- that's a good tag team because you get the best of both, I think. So it's a pretty good combination. Yeah, and they did some bits where they're, you know, playing off each other. Um mm-hmm. and they, they did really good. They I think they have pretty good mic work together. Mm-hmm. I think they could be a pretty viable tag team in the long run. Um and they, you know, ended up retaining. Um there were a few pretty cool spots in the match. Exactly, yeah, and that's that's the thing I was gonna uh kind of mention or, or kind of maybe ask you what you thought was good out of the match uh you know it's so weird to think that they would do a ladder match with a lot of crazy bumps and a lot of like high risk stuff to no one in the crowd but they still did anyways so you gotta give them props for doing some of that (laughs) stuff because they really have no reason to they could just like cut camera right when he's about ready to land on something and do like some editing and make it seem like he hit you know i mean there's a lot of things they could have done to make it seem worse than it actually was but they they took a lot of bumps they did a lot of crazy spots Oh, absolutely, and those you know those three have been in plenty of ladder matches in the past, and they know sure. exactly what they need to do, you know, to get it to work. And I think mm-hmm. they definitely did that. Um, you know, Morrison did a lot of his parkour stuff. He did that Spanish fly. He did that uh, that flip off the ring post, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it didn't. You know, it was it was a pretty good ladder match, uh, all things considered, with you know, no crowd and yep. everything. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was definitely a highlight. And uh, I'd love to see kind of where they go with with a lot of these teams. I mean, I've always been pretty big on the Usos. Like, I feel like they can bring a lot to a match um, when they're paired up with someone that can kind of, you know, give it back to them. And they've always done that with the New Day. You know, they've always done that with other tag teams that can fly. So to see all, you know, to see these three representing their, their teams, I thought was the best move. Like, these are the three you want in a ladder match. I like Big E. I you know I think Miz, he's gotten a lot better. Uh, I think he definitely can do a lot now, but his mic is always his mic work has always been like what I know him as, and I don't really know him for much else. But they've all been doing pretty well for themselves. But I think these three specifically are the ones you wanted in the match. I think that was the the best call they could have made. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then speaking of like doing some high spots and doing some crazy stuff, uh, man. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. <laughs> I was so pumped for that match, and it did not disappoint. And and God, that ending! Like I, same thing, man. Like you didn't have to do that. He didn't have to make that jump, but they like they did anyways. It's absolutely insane that they went that you know went that far for a, a televised show with no audience. Right, but you know, in my opinion, they're two of the best in the business. Absolutely, period. absolutely. And, Anytime you put those two together, they're gonna they're gonna put on a good match. But yeah, the the, the jump off the sign um, mm-hmm. was was pretty cool. It, it it did disappoint for a second because um, when I thought it was a DQ ending, I was pretty yes. disappointed. Yes, I was like, "Are you serious?" And then it went on, and I was I was pretty happy about that. Yeah, and it was um, yeah, and these guys obviously like you and I are both fans. I've been a fan of Kevin Owens back when he was Kevin Steen. Uh, same with Seth Rollins when he was Tyler Black. Like I, I love those guys in the indies. Um, think they've been doing very well in WWE and man, it's just like Owens to me is like what Mick Foley was doing back in the day. But even sometimes he takes risks that I don't think that someone like Mick Foley would have taken. Like he takes some nasty bumps sometimes just for the sake of doing it. Sometimes I feel like, and he, he's never one to like be out of action or like, you know, do something and then be gone for a while. Like he's always wrestling. Like he's hardly ever injured. So, so, so for him to take those kinds of bumps and then still be able to get up, I don't know how he does it. Right. Yeah. He does. He does put it all on the line when he goes out there. He does a lot of impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's doing a lot better as a baby face. Um, yeah, I think when he was a heel, he was, he was, at least in WWE, he's really weak. Um, his universal title reign was terrible. It was. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Because. I, I was like, he glad, looked like such a bitch. Yeah, like, he well, really did. And I was glad that he got the belt, and I was really excited when that moment happened. But you're right. I, well, same with Seth Rollins. I think. I think it's the opposite. I think he's a much better yeah. heel than he is a face. Like he just he has a smugness to him that you're like, man, I want to punch that dude. Yeah, his and that, voice. <laughs> yes, and that's exactly what you want. Like you want someone you can hate as a heel. Um, and Kevin Owens is just like every wrestling fan. He's just a guy that loves wrestling and. 
yeah, it, you can't really be pissed at him. Like he's not the anti-hero. He's not the the heel that you know he he's been made to be in the past, especially when he, he was like with Triple H and stuff like that. Hey, he almost came off as cowardly, you know, during that title reign, and that that's not really what he's known for, you know. Mm-hmm. Fight uh, Owens fight. <laughs> it's uh it's a good comparison because right now in the indies, prior to everything shutting down, I was really getting into Game Changer Wrestling. Uh, which is kind of like what ECW used to be back in the day. Like they do a lot of the deathmatch stuff, but they can mix it with the high flying. They can mix it with the technical stuff. Like it has all the aspects of different wrestling, but they've been nice. primarily known as a deathmatch hardcore organization. And mm-hmm. uh, their current champion is Ricky Shane Page, who hasn't really been known as a heel, but his whole thing now is that he's the champion because he kind of snaked his way in and got the belt off of Nick Gage. Uh-huh. And since he won the belt, he has not defended it. Every single match he's had has been a non-title match. Like he specifically says non-title match. So oh, wow. I like that concept of like someone like being a coward and kind of like, you know, not taking the risks. I think that's a good uh-huh. way to be a heel for sure. But for some reason, yeah, Kevin just couldn't pull it off because you knew it was against his normal sensibilities. It was against how he is as a character normally. Right, and like it got, didn't make much sense. Got same, you kind of got same as Zayn doing that now, and he does a good job of that of being the the kind of uh, mouthy little bastard. Of the- <laughs> yes, yes, he does, but it's almost too like it's a discredit to his skill and his ability as a wrestler because it is. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like then we also had, um, I don't know if that was was that night one or night two that he wrestled. It was night one. Yeah, that was night one. Yeah, so Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan for the Intercontinental Title. Um, and like Sami Zayn had just won the belt, like kind of randomly, right? Yeah, he beat Braun Strowman. Um, and um, yeah, he, so he hasn't he hasn't been champion very long. No, this was his first uh, title defense. And he's rolling with a click, including uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. Yes, it's the uh, the artist collective, I believe they call it. And that seemed kind of random to me. That seemed like that was kind of thrown together quickly. Like I was assuming prior to everything happening, Mania was going to be like a match involving all those competitors like Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke versus Cesaro. I thought they would be like the title match, you know what I mean? And then them to be like a, a unit all of a sudden just seemed really rushed to me. What the, 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 uh, same, Sami Zayn and Cesaro and yeah, like, like them, them as a group, has that been a thing for a while or it's, it's been a thing for a little bit. Um, the three of them, I mm. think it's, I think it started off just, uh, Sami Zayn and Nakamura and then in, Cesaro came into the mix. Um, like, like, I almost thought like that was the whole thing. That was going to be the angle was that they would be like this, this stable and then they'd fall apart and then wrestle each other for the belt. Like, I thought that's kind of what they were leading to, but that could still happen, I suppose. Yeah, it, it could. It very well could. Now that he's, he, he did retain the belt. And I felt like that was the thing that kind of hurt that match was that they had all this involvement from other people. Like, they both got involved and then Daniel Bryan had Drew, Ga- Drew Gulak get involved. Gulak. Gulick, Gulick, thank you. Um, and I, I've known about him a little bit from when he was in Chikara. Uh, he was like one of the head trainers there for a while. He was um, in CZW too, if I remember correctly. I believe you're correct. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and he's a, he's a he's a Philly guy. Yeah. So that's probably how a lot of these guys know each other. But it, the interferences and stuff like that just felt like it took away from the match. But you're right. That's Zami's whole thing. He's trying to like cowardly get away from you know wrestling he's trying to hide out stuff like that so right so i i guess in that sense it, it you know it works but i would have liked to see these guys just go just have a match you know no time limit nothing just go uh, i think mm-hmm. they would have been you know pretty successful at that so it felt a little tarnished by the involvements and the interferences but those guys obviously a... can do good work i mean i've watched ring of iron matches when it was el generico and uh Brian Danielson, Brian Danielson and and those matches were outstanding and funny, you know, had humor to it. Like it had all the elements. Yeah. And it was a hard hitting match. Like, um, you know, they were, they were killing each other in there, but yeah, um, it, it was kind of short as well. It was a really short match. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it really did Daniel Bryan much justice. <laughs> um, but you know, with the interference and some stuff, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have a, sh- you know, and, and speaking of short matches, Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Braun Strowman, Goldberg, like the definitive, like we're just gonna get a payday out of this, huh? Well, you couldn't have expected anything different, honestly. I, I, I almost did though. I almost felt like if this is being recorded, it's not live. Like you could do so many things with that. Um, with Goldberg, 
I really thought, man. I really thought. But maybe that was the whole thing. Maybe because it was planned to be him and Roman Reigns, they had something going. And then, like, when it got kind of changed, you know, almost last minute, they just kind of said, well, got to do something, you know? Yeah, and I don't know how competitive the match would have been with Roman and Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to think it would be a little more. But I, I'm i just going to say, st- stop giving Goldberg belts. He's yep. He needs to get... Go do something else. I don't know why they keep bringing him back and putting a title on him just for him to lose it instantly. I and he's you know he's unsafe. I don't know if you watched that match with him and the Undertaker. That was a that was pathetic. I mean that really oh the the um what's it called the I think it was super super showdown or something like that. Yeah, I I heard about it. I didn't watch it, but I heard about it being kind of a disaster. Yeah, I mean Goldberg put Undertaker almost right on his head when he <laughs> turned into a jackhammer. It was bad. Just turned he, it he, turned he, it into he, a brain buster inadvertently. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean, I don't think Goldberg should be in any main event scene. He I mean, he's a legend, you know, and whatnot, but he, he I don't think he can go anymore no. like he used to. Yeah. Um I get he had, I don't I honestly don't know how much drawing power he has these days, but I imagine some people are nostalgic for Goldberg. Um, it's probably on the but, same page as like Lesnar, I think, with his drawing ability. I think it's just the name will bring people, uh, you know, to events and it'll get people to watch it on TV. Like, I'm sure his name still has a lot of like reason to be a part of people's shows. Um, and I'll get back to that because I think that's something that they could still use him, but maybe not in the sense of using him as like a talent that wrestles, you know, a schedule or wrestles at these live events. I think they can still use them, but maybe in a different way. Um, but yeah, needless to say, this match was like you said, what we thought it was going to be just a real quick, like get, get, get a couple moves in and be done with it. But it's weird that they gave Braun the belt because it feels like you gave him a belt and then you're going to stop wrestling. So like, is, is he just holding on to it until we get back to like, they can have shows again. They're just going to get him to drop it to someone else right away. Or do you think, or, or do you think he's going to be a champion now? Well, I think they're, they're going to start doing live shows again. Not, not like a, well, I mean at the performance center live tapings again. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, <clears throat> I think they are going to keep the belt on him. I think, I think it's a good choice. Um, I don't, I can't really think of anyone else who, um, I mean, besides maybe like AJ or somebody who mm-hmm. would do a better job. But yeah. as far as, you know, WrestleMania, you know, throw on some in the last, last minute together i think braun was a pretty good choice i think it's a long time coming yeah I, belt. I, I like braun like i don't really have anything against him I, I don't think he has much to offer other than he's a fucking huge dude and like can do a lot with his size you know but he's i don't know i just yeah i mean he's a he's a pretty athletic big guy though yeah um you know and he's a i think he's he's decent yeah he has a decent thing going for him um he's it's okay on the mic you know yells and stuff pretty intimidating <laughs> guy he's very believable he's big. very believable yeah. he says he's big and he can punch you in the face and he does it and that's a you know that's really all you need to do when you're a big man that's true that's true um and so we kind of mentioned about goldberg and i i said that he could be used as a talent maybe just not like performing on live events um and the reason i say that is because we got the um I don't know if you do. You have anything else uh, night one that you want to talk about other than the main event? I don't think so. No. Yeah. Um, everything else was um, not. I don't want to say uneventful, but pretty, you know, mediocre. I mean the the women's tag match was was fine. Yeah. Um, nothing big there. Mm-hmm. Um, the finish was kind of weird because um, Alexa Bliss hit the twisted bliss on uh, Kyrie Saint's legs. Um, so <laughs> that was a weird finish, but. Um, just a, a, a technician, that? man. Just a straight up technician. Just work, <laughs> yeah. w- working on working on a body part, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and the women's title match, uh, Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Um, I thought it went pretty well. It, you know, Shayna came out looking pretty strong, mm-hmm. just from the finish. You know, just it was kind of just a fluke that she got pinned, but I think that was um, pretty good call on that. As far as that, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're setting up a long term thing with those two or. <laughs> what they're going to do, but I think that was the right move there. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't really have anything else. Oh, I wanted to mention um, about the Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins match. Yes. I saw on Kale's Twitter, um, he he was taking, you know you know how um, Raymond James Stadium has that big pirate ship because that's where the Buccaneers play? Yeah. 
um, he said that he was there one time taking pictures because he wanted to jump off that ship. Oh, <laughs> he, he wanted to find a way to jump off that thing. <laughs> so he kind of got his he got his moment. It was just it was a uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah he got to jump off. No. Was that a ship or was it just like a banner that he jumped off of? It, no, it was like a. So it's just a big sign they had yeah. um, in the performance center that he jumped off of. But yeah. it's, you know, it's still decent. But yeah, if he jumped off that ship, he would have probably died. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the Boneyard match. Um, yes. If you wanted to talk about that. Oh, my God. So I thought it was corny the moment it started. I'm like, this is going to be ridiculous. And it was, but like in the best way possible. Like I absolutely loved it. and And that's why I say that, you know, Goldberg could be used as a talent going forward, but maybe not live events because... He's got some acting chops. He's been in a couple of really bad movies. Uh, he's hosted a couple of bad TV shows, so he could be good for something like this because they made it to where I thought this could straight up be a movie, and I'd watch the shit out of it. It pretty much was a movie. It, it really it was. was like a. It was like a short film. Yeah. Um. It was a really well made short film. I I they, I would say it's, it was well made, in... but it was also kind of cheesy. But it was the right kind of cheesy. Like it was. Oh, yeah. It was good. It's wrestling. It's wrestling. It has to be cheesy in some way. Um. But I heard they recorded in eight hours. Um, that's a pretty pretty good for mm-hmm. everything they did. You know, all the uh, fire and the druids and yeah. the lighting and all that stuff. I, I thought it was fantastic. I, I really I was really entertained by that. I, I thought I thought this is gonna be dumb. Yeah, I, I really did. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be ridiculous, and I was gonna roll my eyes. And then I got hooked. Like, and and to his credit, you know, Styles was really great. Um, I love the undertaker in this and I, I thought I've always been like, man, he doesn't say much. He doesn't do much. Like he's always been a character, but I guess something about this just made him more uh, personable just because I guess, I don't know if they were scripted lines or not, or that's just how he was like ad libbing the whole time. But I don't know, like his American badass persona coming back, like all of it seemed really spot on. Like I was really, really enjoying it. Yeah. And he was always more vocal when he had, you know, the American badass sure. gimmick going for him. He was always you know, he always just said a lot more, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where it went, I guess. Um, I think it was the right call to bring him back as the American Badass. I think uh, yeah. I don't think the Dead Man gimmick would have really worked in this scenario, even though it was a boneyard. Yeah, but um, it was kind of you know, sad it, that we couldn't have gotten that in a live setting. Like the pop that the crowd would have had for an American Badass revival would have been pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm yeah. sad we didn't get that. But I, I don't know if they would have had a boneyard match though if it was a live setting. No, no. They probably would have just had the standard, you know, match. But um, either way, it was really cool, you know, him coming on the motorcycle and stuff. Yeah, it was really where, well. Uh, they shot it really well too. Is it true that the music they played live isn't what they have in like the replays now? Because I guess I'd heard it was a Metallica song they came out to, but I, but now that they've done like the replays, that they don't play that song or something. I haven't watched the replay, but okay. I did hear that. <laughs> Something with Metallica, but I, I I would imagine that they would get the rights to it. They've always been good about that, yeah. you know, getting the rights to music. But as far as like replaying it, I wouldn't doubt if they changed it because you probably have to pay every. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially time. if it's um like something that people can watch over and over again for who knows how long. Yeah, and something with Metallica, you're gonna pay, be paying a lot. The royalties are insane. I bet. Um, a lot, yeah. I I am kind of pissed that it did. It wasn't rolling by Limp Biscuit, like obviously, <laughs> like that should have been your number one go to choice. Like, that like, like, like Fred been. Durst needs the money, guys. Like, you could have, you could have given him like a little <laughs> bit of help. <laughs> if Fred Durst would have popped up in the boneyard, that would have been <laughs> ultimate. I think that's the only way it could have been better is if Fred Durst popped up on that on the roof of that thing and just started singing, rolling. They could have, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, I could see it now because I thought like. You know, Undertaker's wife was going to show up and get involved because they've been mentioning her a lot in the promos leading up to it. Like, that'd been perfect. She shows up to help take her, and Durst comes out pissed off that he's not got any money from, you know, them using his song, and he goes after uh, goes after Taker and helps Styles. You know, it could have been a perfect he, tag team match. He just buries everybody. That'd be great. Bar- yeah. <laughs> he, bar- he, puts them, he puts them all in the hole and buries them. Fred Durst does? <laughs> yeah, he does. That's perfect. I'm the Undertaker now. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's the, <laughs> but no that uh it, it was re- it was really good you know I, I thought it was pretty cool I think I, oops I think they'll start doing more stuff like this and that kind of that both um makes me happy and makes me kind of scared because <laughs> too much of a good they, thing yeah and they do that you know WWE when they find something good they tend to just 
completely just make it shit. <laughs> like Ryan <laughs> into the ground. Re- yeah. Remember when we did this? And you know they'll keep playing this match, but then you got you guys loved this. I thought you guys liked this. This is what you wanted, yeah. wasn't this it? It's the same thing, and then they'll just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I think they should do more stuff like this, but you know, at the same time, it needs to be the standard needs to be this because I think this is a good standard to go by. Yeah, if you're you know gonna do this, uh, you know, this this performance type stuff, good 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 measuring stick to what they can do in the future. Um, and they've done this stuff before. I mean, they're no strangers to doing these kind of campy filmed uh you know matches and and things like that like they've done this stuff in the past like i immediately start thinking about like boiler room brawls and uh you know things like that they've done which were probably taped but they may seem like it was happening live when you were watching it like at you know an arena or whatever that that was in cleveland by the way oh mm-hmm. that uh I was, I was i wanted to go to that but um yeah the boiler room match was awesome i uh I really like that. I don't know if they tape that in advance or not, but I I wouldn't doubt it. I don't. There would be no reason not to, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, you can make it seem like it's happening, you know, and then just have these taped things happening throughout. I, it's definitely something they've had history doing in the past, but they they did it well, and it was, um, it felt like that's kind of what they are capable of doing when it comes to those kinds of things. But they had to kind of remember what wrestling used to be like. I think they've been so absorbed with trying to make wrestling more mainstream that they kind of forgot that like sometimes you can have really campy, silly stuff that actual wrestling fans that have been around for a while will probably remember and be really into. So yeah, the whole thing felt like a nod to like people I've watched wrestling for a long time. Like they get it. Yeah. And I I think so. Mm -hmm. It has to be done with the right people too. You can't just throw in, um, you know, you know, you have two legends and AJ styles and the undertaker who can pull something off like this. Yep. Um, and it was, it was well done. And I think, wrestling fans would appreciate it. I know there's a lot out there that didn't. They thought it was stupid. Like, well, this isn't wrestling. I, I, I want to watch wrestling. I'm like, go watch New Japan or something, dude. Like, yeah. I mean, WWE can have fun, too. You know, if you saw the same thing on AEW, you'd be orgasming. But since it's WWE, you want to shit on it. Easy. Like, easy to hate this on This was it. good. Yeah. This was good. <laughs> it just was. It was. But it was nice that they actually took some risks and tried some things that they're normally not really known for doing, at least in recent, you know, the recent programming, the recent product, like they've not done stuff like that. So I was glad they did it. Um, I will say though, that chicken coop has nothing compared to what we've wrestled on. Like <laughs> I saw that and I was like, damn, I remember those days. Yeah. The chicken coop, tin roofs and everything. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, so night one was great. Uh, had a lot of excitement going into night two. And I, I think night two, uh, for the most part delivered, uh, same as night one, like kind of the same thing. Like the things I thought were going to be cheesy and dumb were the best parts of the night. And the things I was looking forward to were, you know, okay, but they weren't really anything to, you know, be super excited mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. But uh, going into night two, uh, we had, let's see, I remember they had the NXT women's belt match, which was yeah, good. That that, that match yeah, that match went on, man. That thing went for a while. It did. It was a lot of back and forth. Um, but then it, I don't know if it was the right. Well. I can see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they're going to send Charlotte to NXT yes. just to get a little more star power on the brand. Hopefully, they're going to keep Rhea on the main roster, but I could see them. You know, so you think they're you think they're going to flip flop? I I they might. I mm-hmm. I think there's two ways they could do it. They could either do it that way, or they could just continue their feud on NXT just to kind of get a little more viewership with this. You know, Wednesday Night War quotes uh you know going on that's true yeah because um, they still have to compete with the other brand so yeah giving them a little more star power which is i think they kind of started that when they got like uh finn baylor like on yeah. nxt like they wanted to get people and it sounds like going forward that's what they kind of want to do the rumor is that they want to mix up the rosters again and get some people that have been on raw or smackdown that haven't had a chance to be on tv or get a lot of exposure throw them back into the mix with nxt and give them that exposure again i think that makes a lot of sense yeah, and it. I mean, it looks like Bianca Belair is going to be on on Raw now too. So, I mean, it, it seems like they might have to have someone that kind of replaces her as well. So, are, I mean, they are, they, are, they do have a great women's division, and yes, and yes, they do. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, but yeah, it looks like uh, Bianca's going to be you know, probably on Raw now. Is she like going to like be in the stable with the Street Profits now? Because I saw that she kind of like got involved. Well, you know, her and Montez Ford are married. Um, I don't oh. think it's going to be like a stable thing. I think it's just because, you know, they had Zelina Vega out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then they had 
Well, they had her come out and do her thing. So um, it's kind of weird. Do you think it's strange that they don't really shy away from like the real life relationships now, like with the product? Cause it used to be such a taboo thing that, you know, people were dating or married or together in real life that were on the show. And now it seems like obviously people know, so they just don't really shy away from it anymore. It's sometimes they do. And sometimes they do keep it kind of hidden. Um, mm-hmm. I know Zelina Vega, Alistair Black is, you know, they're married, yeah. but they're not, they're not, uh, you know, she's not her, his manager or anything. Cause it almost um, seems like, why would you do that? Like, why would you force that? Cause like, he's a character and a persona that doesn't really need that. But, you know, yeah. it would almost feel like it was forced at that point, I think, if they did that. so Yeah, and they, you know, sometimes they'll casually mention stuff like that, mm-hmm. and they'll have occasional run-ins where the wife saves the husband from some random person or lady. And then and um, then they get hit with a finisher or something like that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it used to be, super, seemed like it was hidden back in the day. Yeah. You know, when, like, Triple H and China were a thing, it wasn't, like really well known mm-hmm. but um like they didn't play into it as a relationship it was just you know manager kind of deal they're always together yeah yeah hmm. but um but yeah i thought the the women's title match was uh was pretty good yeah and, and they do a good job with that and obviously i thought that those two going against each other was going to be definitely like good chemistry in the ring uh they're both like <laughs> i was watching it well i was watching it at work a little bit and uh, one of my other employees uh, doesn't watch wrestling, doesn't really know anything about it. Uh, she saw those two, and she's like, "Man, like they look like they could kill somebody." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Like, it's not like it used to be. Like, like the the women's division isn't just like there for someone to like, go and use the restroom or you know take a break. Like, it's it's entertaining, and it always has been. But I feel like it got such shit. But now I feel like that." Uh, well, I would love to see, and I think that's the whole like point I'm trying to make. They don't have to have like the women fight the women, the men fight the men. Like if they had intergender matches again, I'd be totally on board for that. I think it's the fact that they don't. I don't understand. I don't know if it's just because of like it being a PG audience that they don't think they can get away with it. I totally think they could do intergender wrestling again. I th- I think that kind of speaks back to the old school way of of. Uh you know, how they used to do things though, mm-hmm. intergender matches and the way the women's division used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally think they should keep it separate. Mm-hmm. Um, I know other promotions do the intergender thing. Um, I don't know that, you know, you have so much controversy, controversy with violence against women, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think WWE wants to dip their toes in that. Um, you know, they did tease like a you know, before Dean Ambrose left. He was gonna wrestle Nia Jax. Yeah, and, and um, they've had like them hit moves and finishers on them and stuff like that. Like, yeah, and like Nia was in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, got RKO'd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't. I guess you're right. You know, they there's nothing that says they can't. But I think they. I don't think they want to. They're just kind of hesitant just, to do it. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot more to lose. Um, as far as you know, they have a bigger audience. They have probably more women watching. And I'm sure they probably um, would upset somebody if they end up doing that. So probably to keep it, you know. Yeah, uh, I think the, the, the cons outweigh the pros in that in that thing, you know, the whole thing. But, but I, get, I get what you're saying. You know, the women the women today are badasses, like a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte, I, would lo- I would love for one of them to choke me. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I, I think about that all the time. Yeah, I, I don't think you want to be in that. Uh, I think Rhea pulled off a really nice clover leaf in that match. It was it's pretty good mm-hmm. um, on Charlotte, and it looked pretty painful. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that was a pretty good match, I think. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I mean, I, I think out of the women's matches, the tag matches, and the title match, I think that was definitely the highlight for me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had stuff like Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. Like, I I don't think there was any reason for them to fight each other. They just need to like fill the card. But I like Aleister Black, so I was happy he was there. But it just didn't seem like there was any reason for them to be fighting. There wasn't, but um, I I do really like All Star Black, and I I know they're uh, I think he kind of needed a a reputable win because it seems like every time I see him, he's he's wrestling some nobody mm-hmm. like some local talent, like a, like, like a squash they... match or something. And it's been like three months; he's mm-hmm. been just doing the... <laughs> like why 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 is this all they have for him? It's just squashing local talents. But I think uh, a victory over Lashley, even though it's kind of sketchy, mm-hmm. you know with with Lana calling the shots and whatnot. Um, I think it's going to do well for him. Hopefully they move forward a little bit with um, 
getting him in some bigger matches because I, I think he's great. Yeah, and I, he's, I don't want, I don't like shit on Lashley. Like I think he's good for what he does. Like he's he's fine, but I don't know. I feel like he just got kind of lost in the shuffle. I felt like both these guys just needed to be in a program with someone that can you know give it a real storyline, give it real depth. And I just felt like they both kind of yeah, didn't get that and, chance, you know. Yeah, and since the Rusev thing petered out, yeah. you know, Lashley's kind of just been, you know, that whole Lashley and Lana thing is dro- kind of just like, stale now. Like, now what do we do? <laughs> yeah, well, we did that, now, yeah. now what? You know, I don't know if Rusev's even coming back, but... Uh, yeah, so we'll it sounds see, like... I guess. And same with, like, Otis uh, and the whole Mandy Rose, Otis, Dolph Ziggler thing. Mm-hmm. Like, they had to make that storyline, they had to, you know, they had to finish that whole thing, tie that tie that off. Um I don't know. I I feel like that's unfortunately like. <sighs> I don't like that storyline. I really didn't. Like I know people wanted that payoff. They wanted to see Otis get his win. They wanted to see him, you know, get the girl. But I don't know, man. Yeah. Maybe it's just I'm getting older. I just don't necessarily need that in my storylines for wrestling anymore. Yeah, it's kind of a classic, you know. <laughs> it really is. You're a, you're like, a typical, uh, you know, ugly guy gets the girl or whatever. But uh, I think Otis is a pretty likable personality um but i think he's kind of going to overshadow his tag team partner yeah right like (laughs) his poor tag team partner gets like used as bait to be like part of the storyline you know yeah he just kind of walks in when otis is sad and it's like don't worry man we have a match tonight and like that's his whole role and (laughs) but like you know i think otis is pretty likable Mm -hmm. i think i think with this they'll probably set up a, a feud between mandy rose and sony deville as far as otis i don't know if they're gonna just keep keep the Dolph Ziggler thing going or yeah or what or if they're gonna throw him back in the tag team mix. I, I never know with Dolph man like one month he's done one month he's back like I don't know what he's doing you know yeah it's unfortunate I mean he's obviously good he can obviously go like he's it's really unfortunate honestly he's uh he's he's on my short list of people who I think would be better off leaving yeah um you know him Rusev um Finn Balor honestly yeah um yeah you know they have him on on NXT UK Mm-hmm. And what's he doing? Like, I think he'd be better off. But that—that's a different conversation. We, I guess. And we may have to have that conversation. That might be something we discuss, uh, maybe a future episode. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, same. Like I said, with like the women's titles and the women's matches, the Bailey match with like all the competitors. I, mm-hmm. it, it was good. Like, I, I definitely didn't see the ending coming. I thought they were gonna have a turn, <clears throat> you know, or something, but it didn't happen. So maybe that's something they're kind of leading up to in the future. Um, but I thought that was okay. Um, I, I, I don't, is it Lacey Evans? Is she the, yeah. Okay. I do like her, uh, just in the sense I like her finisher. I like how she named it women's, the women's right. Is that what her finisher is mm-hmm. called? Yeah. Like, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know why something like that, like when it's clever like that, it's like kind of interesting, kind of different. Like, I don't know. I like it. I, I thought, you know, I thought she'd win, honestly. I think that's what they're trying to like play up, but, um, the whole Bailey and Sasha thing, I don't really know what that is. Um, well, you know, they've they've always been friends. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think that's probably where they're going, is they're going to eventually set up a feud. One of them's going to turn on the other. I I imagine it'll be Bailey turning on this Sasha. This time, yeah, because it's probably know. been different the other times. Yeah, and um, as far as Lacey Evans, I, I'm a huge fan of Lacey Evans. She's, I think she's awesome. Mm-hmm. She does a lot of good character work. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, she's committed she's, to the bit, man. She's, she's committed fully, to the part 100%. Yeah. <laughs> And she's, you know, she's been, you know, she's had some hiccups in the ring, but she's gotten a lot better. She has a really awesome moonsault. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's great. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I think she's definitely future champion material. Yeah, for sure. And that was like a highlight for me because I've not really known much of her work. Like I've seen her like, you know, here and there. But like I said, I don't watch the weekly stuff really that much. Uh, so I didn't, I knew a little bit about her, but, you know, that kind of like, I, I would say like I, she kind of sold me. You know, uh, during that match, I was like, "Oh, I'm into this. I like this." You know, mm-hmm. yeah, she's great. Um, and then I don't know what else. Uh, you know, honestly, the Edge and Orton match, for it going as long as it did and everywhere it went, I really did like that match. Um, I, yeah. I think it was definitely the biggest payoff for a storyline because they've been building that storyline since Rumble and his return and everything, and you know, like excellent storytelling. Like I think it was a good payoff, good match. I think the same thing, like with having it kind of taped and having it, you know, at the PC, I think there was some really cool moments in that. Uh, I, I don't know how long he's going to be back or if he's like permanently back or he's just back for a little bit, but uh, dude looked awesome. Like he, he looked good. He, 
obviously can still do what he could do in the past. Uh, I would say he's got his acting up, like probably his like you know, roles he's done on TV and films and stuff like that. Like he was believable. Like when he was crying before he gave the concerto to Orton on top of the uh, semi, like I, be- I believed it. Like I, I felt that man. Like I think he did an excellent job. It was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, he definitely could still go. He's, I mean, he hasn't lost a step. It's been nine years. He looks, I mean, he's <laughs> in the best shape he's ever been in. I, I, yeah. He did and, that uh, thing where he was like in that boardroom and he got like climbed up on the cage above the boardroom, which for some reason was... they have a cage above there conveniently, but like you're just climbing it and doing the elbow. That was fantastic. It was, but like that. it didn't do anything. Like, like obviously like you, you could have just jumped and elbowed him, you know, like you didn't have to do all that, but I was, yeah. I was still appreciative that he had the ability to like, it was still kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought <laughs> that spot alone was, that was great. I love it. Uh, um, I will, I will say I, I did think it went on too long. It took a while. I love the, I love the, probably the last 10 minutes were phenomenal. Yeah. I think, but there's probably 10 minutes in the, in between there that they could have just cut out. I mean, they're just going in these little corridors, little areas, just kind of hitting each other with random stuff and throwing each other in random stuff. I think that could have just been cut out. It, it, it was very long. Um, but, you know, then it got to a point where it picked up a little. They were doing some more stuff. And there's only so much you can do, of course, in the Obviously. in the backstage area of a performance center. But um, I think it did go a little long. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it is what it is. They're two legends. And I think, you know, the buildup was definitely great. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was Edge's big return match. And I... You know, he he deserves the extra time. Who am I to say? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, and like honestly, it was they had spent the most time building up that angle, so I think it definitely needed time to like really pay off. So, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love the opening, like the whole thing with Orton being the camera guy and hitting the RKOs, like immediately starting the match. I was like, yeah, this is this is nice. Like, it's not your normal pacing. It wasn't your normal, you know, like you always have like the same beats to a match. Like a lot of the beats felt different. A lot of it felt. Like it wasn't a structure, and I really enjoyed that. I thought it was cool to watch. Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. They did a good job. Yeah. Speaking of things that were done well, I again thought the uh, the Firefly Funhouse match was going to be corny. Uh, I didn't know why Cena was back, and I was like, you know, I get it. Like Cena's a draw. Um, but man, like I for someone that's been watching wrestling for a while and knowing the history between these two with John Cena and Bray Wyatt, uh, and now Bray Wyatt having the fiend persona, like knowing their history and knowing the, the stuff building and leading up to this, like, man, like if you were a fan, you knew what was going on. This was absolutely outstanding. It was like a wrestling fan got to write a match and this is what it was. Like I, I was really super into it. I loved it. Yeah, I uh, I have trouble f- calling it a match though. Oh yeah, yeah, great... yeah. Match in quotations, I, absolutely. I think it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like John Cena was like in the middle of a nightmare, which was a really cool concept. Yes, um, concept. Concept's the big word there. Like conceptually, yeah. this thing was really cool. Yeah, it was very entertaining. You know, going through the different stages of John Cena's career, going through a possible heel turn, what he would have turned into stuff like that it was it was very creative i think uh i think they did a great job with that too yeah i mean it was meta for sure like people i, I saw some of the reactions to you know the the match on social media on twitter and they were like yeah this is like if someone was watching wrestling on acid this is what they would see right but yeah it, but that's kind of that's yeah. kind of the point right like this i think if someone came into wrestling and saw this they're like this isn't what i thought wrestling was going to be like it's very deceptive of Hey, this is wrestling fans can love it because they know what the storyline is and they know what the characters are. But if you came into this and had no idea what wrestling was or knew what it was nowadays, like you watch the stuff in the nineties, you watch the attitude era. If you were to sit down and watch this and be like, what's going on? Like, what is this? Like it immediately gets your attention. It immediately gets you like interested in what's going on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, if you came in completely blind, not a fan, you might you might look at it and see a puppet and think, this is stupid, I'm turning this off. But, you know, if you give it a chance, it, it was definitely for the fans. Okay. That, you know, it was definitely for wrestling fans. Um, but, you know, going into blind, you might see it and say, what? What is this? Like, what? What does all this mean? Because, you know, the NWO thing, you might remember NWO, but you might not know what... 
they're talking yeah, about. You'd be like, like, like Cena's in the NWO? <laughs> like, no, it's a metaphor. It's it, if this? Cena became the heel, if he made the turn like Hogan did, this is what it might look like. Like, it's very, you have to see like what they're kind, they're trying to do. They're trying to do metaphors. They're trying to do, you know, they're, they're trying to be yeah. subtle in the things that they're doing. They're not coming right out and saying, Cena didn't want to become a bad guy because if he became a bad guy, they would think it was like Hogan. Like they have to be subtle about it, but you can pick up those things if you're a fan and you know the history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I actually watched that twice. The first time I, I, I just was not into, I was like, what are they doing? Like what? Mm-hmm. Wait. Uh, but um, I went back and watched it again. I, I really did. After the second time, I liked it a lot. And, and I, I think it's uh, props to Cena for kind of like putting it all out there and like obviously knowing the criticisms that he's received and knowing like the history of people like shitting on him. And, you know, like they even had like a, a really subtle thing about Nikki Bella, you know, like, like like little jabs like that, little things about him, like and his personal life, you know, things they threw in there. Like you have to be pretty OK with yourself to like let let people shit on you for the purpose of it, like making an entertaining match. Like they talked about how he would like use a lot of the stuff when he was doing like the doctor thugonomics to basically shit on wrestlers and like, like make them feel bad and kind of bury them like that, that stuff that did happen, but they never talked about it. It was, it was really like hush hush. And you didn't want to talk about that stuff, but he, he kind of let it all out. Like a lot of the criticisms, a lot of the things that he's been known to do, like he didn't shy away from it. And that, and that's yeah. tough to do. I don't think there's a lot of wrestlers, a lot of performers that would be okay with that because it might kill their character. But at this point, we don't know if he's going to wrestle again. Like if he comes back, he might do it every once in a while, but he's not an in-ring performer now. So what does he have to lose? Right. And Cena, you know, he's very aware of what people think about him over the and what they have thought about him over the mm-hmm. years. He's very aware of it and he's, he's okay with it. I mean, he's still, you know, he's an icon, all things considered, you know, yes. and, I don't. I don't think you can really do much to him to bruise his ego. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 did, definitely did this to entertain the fans, um, and I don't think there's anything that can really be said to damage him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because he'll just say it about himself. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's a important thing. You know, if you're gonna poke fun at yourself, then you, this is the way to do it. Yeah, <laughs> for exactly. Sure, like, yeah, did. and like he'll have no detractors because hey, whatever you're gonna say about me, like I already did it. Like I've already come out and been you know upfront about it. Mm-hmm. And he said something right before Bray Wyatt hit the sister Abigail. Um, he said something about you know the most overhyped yes. superstar and his, like it was really you know really uh, weird. You know he said that about himself, thinking he um, was saying it about Bray Wyatt. But then obviously the 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 cut the uh, flashback was oh it was me all along you know and then he realizes yeah. that and he's like well okay, like I see it now, you know, like he's come to terms with him being that person. He never thought it really, or maybe just didn't want to believe it. Yeah. Mm. I, th- I think it was interesting. I, I'm, I'm curious to see where John Cena will end up um, as far as any, any matches or anything in the future. Or, or Bray Wyatt for that matter, or the fiend, like, like, where does he go now? Like, like, where does he go from here? You know? Yeah. They, I really think they did a lot of damage with the Goldberg thing. And I really wanted oh. that to be a big payoff for him. I think that if they could, honestly, if they could have done the same thing like this with Goldberg and let Goldberg get shit on, they probably could have done the same thing. It probably would have been entertaining, but obviously Goldberg's not the kind of person to like let his character get tarnished. He's not going to be the kind of person that lets someone shit on him like that. So that won't, that won't happen. Same with Lesnar. Like Lesnar wouldn't let someone just like talk shit about him and get away with it, you know? Yeah. So Lesnar's, Lesnar's kind of a special case as far as, you know, Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's purely in it for the money payoff. Yeah. Um, but but honestly, I think him and Goldberg are two different animals. Okay, Brock can still go. Oh no no, he, he can. Wants, yeah, if he, he wanted he can still to, do it. Yeah, if he wants to, he can still. He's very. He's always been a very athletic guy. You know, he's always been one of the best. I think. It, it, and but I, nowadays, you know, he just kind of phones it in. You know, he's got three moves, but but he will um, if, if he needs to. Like he still to this day is probably one of the best per like best wrestlers performers to sell. Like some of the stuff he sells, I'm like that. <laughs> it's fantastic. it's so good. Like anytime he's taking a claymore kick, I've been like, oh fuck, he actually kicked that dude, didn't he? Like yeah, he takes that yeah. so fucking good, and, and and he's always been like that. He's always been really good at selling, so you know he at least has the mind to do it. Yeah, I, I noticed when when Brock got uh, 
got pinned, he he had a little scuff on his chin. So one of those claymores definitely landed. Must, must have got <laughs> pretty, pretty well. pretty good pretty good boot scrape. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I think he did. But uh, but yeah, he he can he can sell he can sell very good. He, he can absolutely. Um, you know, and that match was a lot shorter than I thought it was going to be. But I get it. Like, I think people knew that was going to be the outcome. I think they knew that Drew was going to win the belt. Um, and you know, I, I'm glad they did. I'm glad that they put it on him. That dude is just insane like I, I don't know what happened between like the first time he was in wwe until now like i've seen him in some indie stuff but that dude got like straight up like it took like the super soldier serum you know like he just got yeah. huge and, and he's a completely different person and he moves and he can still do a lot of the stuff that he could do before um does he still do that ddt that he used to do like with like the light like I... the like it's like a jumping double arm but he like wraps his legs around him or something like that I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah, um, I'm not really sure, but the, yeah, I mean, the claymore looks cool, really, but I'd like for them to bring back his old finisher if he could. He he said that he came about that he did it on accident. The claymore kick. <laughs> the claymore kick. He I think he tried to kick somebody and he fell while he was doing yeah, yeah. it. But it, it looks, lo- it I looks mean, that's really basically good. What it is? That's basically what it is. It's like claymore and he falls down, but or, but it's it's sweet looking. You it know? really is, and uh, it really he really looks like he can knock someone's head mm-hmm. off. But um, I mean, he's completely turned his career around. I think. I think he definitely deserves the championship. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm really glad. I was really happy when he won the, won the Rumble. Yes, um, absolutely. And that was that was a big thing. Like when he won, I was like, people wanted it to happen, but you didn't think they'd actually do it, and then they did. I'm like, okay, like we're on the right path here. Like we're we're, we're listening. That's good. Right. Very exciting. And uh, WWE will do that from time to time. They'll give you a little indication that, that you know they we're listening to the fans, but then they'll pull like the Goldberg Bray Wyatt thing. You're like, what are you and, doing? What, why? And they and they have to do it just because they gotta sell tickets, man. They gotta get those draws. And I get that. Like it's yeah, tough to it it's tough be. to put our champions in because they're not gonna get the same sales as someone that's like a Lesnar or a Goldberg. I understand that, but right. Hopefully, if they start blending the rosters together and they start moving people around, maybe we still have those opportunities. You know, they can have some new people coming up the ranks. Like now that we've got John Morrison back in the mix, I'd love to see like John Morrison and like Ricochet, you know, just going absolutely nuts. Yeah. Like I, I hope they find something for Ricochet. Poor guy. I, they just, they just put him in a random tag team with Cedric Alexander, mm-hmm. two very good talents, but it's like, it's like, we don't know what to do with you. We'll just throw you in a tag team. And that's, that goes back to what I said earlier about the tag team division. How they throw in these random people, you know, um, know, but they threw in, I will say like, they've um, done that before and it actually kind of worked though. Like I know that Foley, like the storyline was fully put together, Seamus and Cesaro. And I was like, why are they attacking? That's stupid. Like they, they had good singles matches and they became a tag team and eventually it got okay. Like there's possibility for that for sure. I I thought the same thing. Mm -hmm. Seamus and Cesaro is probably, um, the tag team that I had that I was most wrong about. I was like, this is dumb. Why are you putting these two together? Mm-hmm. Like like why are, they should be singles competitors. They're both awesome, yeah. but I mean why? But they're they're honestly one of my favorite tag teams in recent memory. And, and, they're all, I think they're a great And together. they're kinda of synonymous now, like being a tag team. Like now I see them and they're not, I'm like, wait, they were a tag team. What happened? Like Yeah, like, they they need to put them back yeah, together. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I, I did like their solo, like their singles matches they had against each other, like that best of three, and then they became a tag team. Like I think that was good. That was good storytelling. It was a good setup. Like, you know, enemies become tag partners, you know, can't beat them, join them kind of mentality. Like, I, I think yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think they're a great tag team. So, uh, yeah, but that's, I guess, WrestleMania in a nutshell. Like I said, I didn't watch Raw, um, so I didn't get to follow up the, you know, the, the, the build up. A lot of times Raw is the best Raw after WrestleMania, and I didn't watch it. I heard that Big Show was pitching his Netflix show. And that's about all I've heard about it. So yeah, I believe he had a match with Drew McIntyre where he he came out and challenged for the title. <laughs> and what a perfect know, way lost. to set up his Netflix show, the champion. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, and uh, I know Nia Jax came back. Okay. Um, she beat uh, Deanna Perrazzo. I think that's how you say her mm-hmm. name um, from NXT. Um, so she squashed, squashed the hell out of her. So great. <laughs> great for her. Yeah. Um, I think that's. About I know they I think they replayed the Boneyard match. Oh, good on them! That's a smart move. Yeah, like, like get people I mean, that couldn't watch a media, like get a, get them sold on it, you know. Yeah, and there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing else really you can do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all. Okay. that happened on Raw was was those two things. 
So ultimately, what do you think? WrestleMania, you think it was uh, good? Was it, you know, to be expected? Like, like what do you ultimately think about it? I think it was way better than expected. I was really expecting a pretty poor show. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, the matches that they had were really solid. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard. I don't know how, you know, they they do this with no crowd. I really don't, because you know, when you when you have a live crowd, you have adrenaline sure, pumping. Sure. Things don't hurt as much. But when I mean, you have nothing to feed off of except you know a couple people in a room. I mean, these are you know it it you have to have respect for these guys for what they do. I agree. When you watch something like this, because I mean, who else could do that? Just just do that in an empty arena. And it's it's exactly the same as you see on TV though when there's a full arena. Yeah. It's the same it's the same match. It's the same style, but you just you just hear a lot more. And, <laughs> you, hear, um, you hear Michael Cole better. echoing. Yeah, yeah, you hear Michael Cole screaming you, about moves. Yeah, and you're right, because I think that the thing about having a live crowd is you can feed off that. You can say, Okay, this is working, you know, like whatever we're doing, it's working. The crowd's into it, they're 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 hot, you know, they're excited about what's going on. So you can really feed off of that and kind of know you can gauge how the match is going when you have zero and you have nothing going for you with that. You don't know if it's paying off. You don't know if the stuff looks good. You don't know if it's, you know, getting the crowd excited. Um, And I think that's why the taped stuff is perfect right now, because you know, you're taping this and you're doing this stuff and no one's there to see it live. So you already know that you're just going to hope that the reaction's good. Um, So, so I think the tape stuff can work really well. I think that's definitely something they can do going forward given the circumstances until we get back to live shows. But like you said, you know, too much of a good thing can be bad. Like if they keep on doing it just for the sake of doing it, they'll probably ruin it. So hopefully they, they, they do it right. And they kind of, you know, give it some room to breathe and try to space it out if they can. But I think going forward until we get back to the way things kind of were prior to, um, this is a good, this actually worked well. Like the formula worked and I did not give any, possibility to it working so I'm, I'm really glad i was proven wrong and I'm, I'm glad to be surprised like it's it's cool when you watch wrestling and you can be surprised about stuff again <laughs> like it, i feel like we get kind of jaded sometimes as wrestling fans because we you know you and i have been fans i mean i've been a fan for since i was six years time. old so i've been doing it for a mm-hmm. long time yeah same. so to be surprised by stuff in wrestling especially from like the top company is exciting like it's just unknown territory so i hope going forward we get some really cool interesting stuff but uh yeah i I really i really dug it yeah i think you know in times like this it forces people to be a little more creative Mm -hmm. and it's really i mean in all avenues not just wrestling but it's really cool that people can you know come up with and create when you're forced to um you know kind of work around this whole no crowd thing and no you know being stuck in the performance center so i think it's very impressive that you know they came up what they did Mm -hmm. And uh, I was impressed with it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, good on them. And I hope that we see more in the future. But uh, that was our uh, episode on WrestleMania 36. Was that the number this year? 36? Okay. Yeah, 36. Yeah, WrestleMania 36. So um, I once again want to thank Bull for coming on and uh, talking about the show. And sorry we couldn't do it in person. Sorry we couldn't do it live. But uh, hopefully we get this stuff rescheduled. That'll be our next step. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, on. It, was, it was fun. I had a good time. It's been a while since I've you know sat down and talked about wrestling, but uh, you know I I enjoyed. Yeah, it. excellent. Um, so yeah, so hopefully this becomes something in the future. This kind of us getting our our introductory, our test in just to see kind of how it works. Uh, we'll probably have some stuff going forward. Um, but until then, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks.